0: chapter 6 of titus a comrade of the cross this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by ellen preckle titus a comrade of the cross by florence m kingsley chapter 6 the reader had finished droning out the 18 prayers the men on their side of the synagogue had listened with reverent attention and responded with devout amen on the other side of the lattice however where the women and children sat there was a subdued rustling the place was very full some were standing and others crouched along the wall to many who were present the prayers and psalms had a strange sound they had never been in the synagogue before though they had often seen it and admired the beautiful rose-coloured and white marble of which it was built but all who could crowd into the place had come to-day for it had been noised abroad that the great worker of miracles would be there and curiosity to see him AND THE HOPE THAT HE MIGHT PERFORM SOME NEW WONDER HAD BROUGHT MANY UNACCUSTOMED WORSHIPPERS. THE JEWISH WOMEN GLANCED askance AT THE FOREIGN WOMEN, WHO, WITH THEIR LITTLE ONES CLINGING TO THEIR SKIRTS, HAD CROWDED INTO THE BEST PLACES FOR SEEING. THE UNGODLY ONES, WHISPERED ONE TO HER NEIGHBOR, WHY ARE THEY HERE? IF THIS MAN BE INDEED THE MESSIAH, HE IS NOT FOR THEM. AND NOW ALL THE PRAYERS HAD BEEN RECITED, THE LESSONS FROM BOTH THE LAW AND THE PROPHETS READ, AND IN THE BREATHLESS HUSH OF EXPECTANCY WHICH FOLLOWED, THE GREAT HEALER CAME forward. THE READER, FOLLOWING THE CUSTOM, HAVING ASKED HIM TO SPEAK TO THE PEOPLE. EVERY EYE WAS FASTENED UPON HIM, AND AS HE SPOKE WORDS OF AUTHORITY, OF DIVINE AND BURNING TRUTH, THE LIGHT OF HEAVEN WHICH shone UPON HIS FACE PENETRATED THE DARK HEARTS IN HIS PRESENCE. ALL WERE INTENT, SILENT, DRINKING IN HIS WORDS, SO DIFFERENT FROM THE VAGUE AND STUPID UTTERANCES OF THE rabbis. EVEN THE CHILDREN, THOUGH THEY UNDERSTOOD NOT THE WORDS, FELT THE WONDERFUL FASCINATION OF THAT HEART OF LOVE and gazed quietly into his wonderful eyes. Suddenly the sacred hush was broken. A man leaped up from the ground and shrieked, Leave us alone! What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Instantly all was confusion. Women shrieked, children cried, and men sprang up, exclaiming, He hath an evil spirit, and polluteth the sanctuary. Put him out! Put him out! But Jesus silenced the tumult with a word then turning to the demoniac who was already in the grasp of two or three indignant worshippers he said hold thy peace and come out of him with a great cry and convulsion the man fell down wallowing upon the floor but presently to the great amazement of all he rose up calm and in his right mind then all the people being dismissed went forth talking of the wonderful thing which they had seen for the man was known to many of them mother said stephen that same evening THE TRUMPET HATH SOUNDED, AND tis PAST SUNSET. SHALL WE NOT GO FORTH? I WOULD FAIN SEE MORE OF THIS JESUS. I WILL GO WITH THEE GLADLY, MY STEPHEN, REPLIED HIS MOTHER, FOR TRULY NEVER MAN SPAKE AS THIS MAN. YET I FEEL THE WONDER OF IT ALL SO KEENLY, AND I THINK PERHAPS I AM ONLY DREAMING. CAN IT BE THAT THOU ART REALLY WELL AND STRONG? IT IS REALLY TRUE, MOTHER, SAID STEPHEN WITH A HAPPY LAUGH. SEE HOW I CAN LEAP, AND MY BACK HATH NEVER AN ACHE IN IT NOW, AND SEE MY FLESH HOW FIRM IT IS oh mother what can we do for him to show how glad how thankful we are when he said to me as i lay in the dust that dreadful day go in peace and i sprang up for the first time since i can remember oh mother i only clung to him and sobbed i could not speak for joy and wonder then he went away before i could rightly tell what had happened and all the men were staring at me and questioning and others running to see and then oh then mother i ran back down the street and in a moment it seemed i found myself with you and Ada. "'Yes,' went on his mother. "'We thought the little fellow dying he lay so still, "'when suddenly the door of the courtyard flew open "'and thou didst fly, rather than run, "'to the spot where the baby lay. "'My Stephen, I did not know thee. "'I thought it was some spirit till thou didst cry out, "'Go-Go is saved, and I am well.' "'And he was well,' put in Stephen. "'Yes, perfectly well,' said Prissa. "'Not a bruise on him. Ah, how wonderful!' "'Mother,' exclaimed the boy after a little pause, Let us go forth and find some sick ones among our neighbors, and tell them. Thou knowest that he said I am sent to heal the broken-hearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Those were his very words. I cannot forget them. And, Mother, if he came for that, would it not please him best if we should help him to do it? Thou art right, my son. I feel that thou art. We will go. And hastily wrapping herself in her mantle, and securing the door of their little home, she set forth with the lad. "'We must stop here,' said Stephen, pausing before a door. "'Yes,' said Prissa, "'a blind man dwelleth here.' They knocked, and a voice from within answered, "'Enter!' Pushing open the door they found themselves in a courtyard more wretched than their own, for it was untidily littered with straw and filth. Several goats and sheep wandered freely about, while a dozen or so fowls perched aloft. Sitting against the wall with his head bowed forward on his knees, and his wretched garments wrapped tightly about him, was a man, "'Greetings to thee,' said the clear voice of the child. At the sound the man raised his shaggy head and turned his face toward the doorway. "'Who art thou?' he said in a husky voice. "'I am Stephen, son of Damachus. I am come with my mother, that we may lead thee forth to find the great healer. He will cure thee of thy blindness.' "'Nay, thou mockest me,' groaned the man, "'for knowest thou not that my eyes were burned out with a red-hot iron? They be shriveled up in my head. No man could heal me.' "'But thou knowest not the power which this man hath,' said Stephen. "'Then he poured forth eagerly the wonderful story of his own healing and that of the baby. "'But the man only groaned and drew his rags more closely about him. "'Come, come quickly,' said the lad. "'Thou art an innocent child. "'The babe also,' said the man hoarsely. "'But I, who am I, that one should heal me? "'I am accursed of gods and men. best for me to die.' "'Nay, good neighbor,' cried Stephen impatiently, "'understanding none of all of this. "'Thou must come.' and running quickly up to the man he seized his hand and gave him a gentle pull. Something in the touch of those soft, childish fingers, perhaps the first friendly touch he had felt in years, broke down the barriers of the man's soul, barriers raised by the disgrace, shame, and suffering of years, and burying his face in his hands he sobbed aloud. Stephen, still standing by, his childish soul perplexed at the sight of so much misery. Come, he said presently, again touching the man. And this time the poor wretch rose from the ground, stretching forth his hands gropingly i will lead thee said stephen joyfully possessing himself of one of the outstretched hands and so the two set forth prissa following dost thou know where to find him asked the man in a trembling voice a strange hope beginning to stir in his heart nay said stephen but we shall find him then with a sudden illumination of eternal truth he added simply if we want him truly and seek for him we cannot fail to find him said prissa i heard one of the women in the synagogue say that he lodgeth at the house of simon the fisherman he dwelleth near the lake i know the place as they proceeded on their way thither they saw many others thronging the narrow streets some carried beds on which lay poor sufferers wasted with every woeful disease known to man others led the blind or helped half crippled ones slowly and painfully along and as the multitude ever growing hurried on the moans of the sufferers on their beds the shrieks of demoniacs and the wailing of sick children made a mighty chorus of misery the house of simon as prissa had said was by the lakeside. it was a modest but thoroughly comfortable dwelling of two stories instead of the customary courtyard a small garden extended in gentle terraces to the water's edge two or three fine fig trees cast a pleasant shade while roses oleanders and lilies made the spot a sweet and pleasant one Here dwelt Simon, who was also called peter, his wife, and the mother of his wife, together with Andrew, his brother. And here dwelt Jesus when he sojourned in Capernaum. On this Sabbath evening the family, with their beloved guest, were sitting in the garden, enjoying the cool air, and talking in low tones. That day the Master had done great things for them also. The mother had been taken violently ill with fever, and when Jesus was told of it after his return from the synagogue, he had taken her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the fever had left her so that she was able to rise and minister to them. As they sat, therefore, James and John being with them, enjoying the Sabbath peace and listening to Jesus as he talked, they became aware of a confusion of sounds, sounds of hurrying feet, of loud crying and wailing, mixed with shrieks and groans, and ever drawing nearer. Hark! said the wife of Peter, rising in her alarm, what mean those doleful sounds? The multitude is seeking the Master, said John. They are bringing their sick with them, and rising he went to the door of the garden and looked out. There was near Peter's house a square or market-place, and to this spot the people were hastening. And now they began to lay their burdens down upon the ground, the first-comers crowding as near as possible to the gateway of the garden, calling out as they did so, Where is he that healeth? Let him come forth to us. With many other confused cries, such as, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. Master, come forth, we pray thee and through it all sounded the woeful noise of the wailing of the sick ones whose sufferings had been greatly increased by the hurried journey through the streets and by the confusion and excitement but now into the midst of all this misery came the benign figure of the great physician divine love sympathy tenderness and healing flowing from his eyes and his outstretched hands even as the fragrance pours forth from the cup of a lily And as he moved among the wretched beings and touched one here and there, laying his hands on others with words of forgiveness and peace, the moans and shrieks changed to cries of rejoicing and relief. Already many were going happily away to make room for others who were still coming from every quarter, when Prissa and Stephen, with their charge, reached the place. "'He is here,' said Stephen joyfully, clasping the hand of the blind man closer. "'And many, oh, many others are here to be healed, and some are going away well,' he continued. And indeed, the quick ear of the blind man had already caught the exclamations of thanksgiving amid the babble of sound, and breaking away from the hands that still held him, he ran with a quick instinct to a little open space where Jesus had paused for an instant, and throwing himself on his knees, caught him by the garment and cried out loudly, Jesus, Master, I beseech thee to have mercy on me. And he answered, Believest thou I am able to do this? I believe, murmured the man, turning his sightless eyes up to the face above him jesus looking at him beheld behind the blind eyes the soul stained with guilt weary with suffering and hungry for love and touching his eyes he said go in peace and the blind man was blind no longer he saw and his first vision was of that face full of compassion and tenderness then was his soul stirred with a mighty love for the healer and he rose up and went away as he was bidden carrying with him a memory destined to become a perpetual fountain of blessing to himself and others through time and eternity End of chapter 6